Marketing has these grounded core principles from the beginning of time because people haven't changed that much. And so if you just stick to the principles and do the right things the right way, stop chasing the shiny things, you're going to get a much better result. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. With me today is Jackie Russo, founder and CEO of Brand Russo, a strategic branding agency with national and international clients across multiple industries. Jackie is the author of the book, He Said, She Said Branding, and helps businesses build successful brands through her online learning platform, Brand State U, and founder of the University of Louisiana's Name, Image, and Likeness Management Program called Ultra. She also contributes to Brand Russo's Razor Branding blog and podcast to help companies grow and compete in today's ever-changing marketplace. Jackie's a graduate of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program, a proud mother of four, and an alumna of the University of Louisiana, dedicating much of her free time to helping civic organizations and and nonprofits. Jackie, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. So, Jackie, what's the biggest problem you're solving for your clients? I would tell you that most of them don't truly understand their target audience. Um, They think they know, but you cannot read the label from inside the bottle. And they believe they've communicated a message one way, and it has either been misunderstood or ignored in a different way. And we serve as translators. How do you discover that when you start meeting with your clients? We do a couple of different things. First of all, there are some clients who don't want to hear it, and they're not good clients for us. But the ones who really do want to grow and adapt and change, uh, they're going to let us in. And when they let us in, they're going to let us talk to everybody in their organization at all levels. Because a lot of times the customer service reps and the technicians and the people at in the back, they know a lot about what customers are thinking and saying, mm-hmm. and no one listens to them. Then we go talk to customers. Mm. Then we go talk to the people who aren't your customers but should be. Then we go talk to the competition and then we pull some third-party data and we do some research, you know, like you're supposed to. But all of a sudden Mm -hmm. we start layering in data points and conversations and some just good old fashioned research. We find out very quickly that the company thinks they are known for one thing and they are not there. What they're saying is what everybody's saying and it blends in and it sounds alike. And then we've got to really work to find a unique differentiator and a true message that's going to connect. Are you calling into a particular vertical market? We specialize in B2B and um, we do that for a couple of reasons. One, I think that's where we're really talented and great too. It's not a really crowded space because it's not sexy. Everybody wants to go do Nike. Let them. I'll go do everybody else. Fine with that. I can't disagree. Um, (laughs) And and three, when it comes down to it, um, these are the companies that need the most help and have the least idea of where to go. And if they just start Googling, everything they find is for retail or B2C or hospitality or healthcare. It's like, hey, there's some huge billion dollar industries that, that marketers are just ignoring. And so 
don't tell anybody else because we found our sweet spot and I don't want to share. So what is your sweet spot from a, from, I mean, is it a certain size of, of prospect company? It's those mid-sized to larger companies. Um, you know, it, it, for us, we, we will do a smaller company. We'll do a company that does less than $100 million a year. I don't mind that. And we've got a lot of companies that do over a billion. That's fine too. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the size of the company that determines the success of a strategic branding mm -hmm. um, initiative. It's really the uh, desire to change, the willingness mm -hmm. to adapt. Mm -hmm. uh, the first time a client says, we already did that, I'm out. Because if you already know everything, you don't need us. Well, there's no, there's no possibility. There's just, yeah. there's, and when you live in a world of, I know there's no possibility. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And listen, I know going in that they know more about their business and their industry than I ever of course. can. Right. I am not the expert in XYZ company. That's right. I'm the expert in branding. That's Your right. expertise is my expertise. We're better than the sum of our parts. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, I'm curious, uh, you know, one of the first things you said was that, you know, sometimes people don't want to hear it and they're bad clients. I, I guess the question is, have you learned to discover that ahead of time? <laughs> we try to. Because, because really, who, who, I mean, I don't want a bad client it, because, it, you know, you're going to end up failing and then you're going to look like crap or they're going to, they're going to tell everybody that you were crappy and, you know, and it's really not your fault. So how right. do you, how do you prevent picking up those crappy clients? Well, first of all, we can't be desperate. That's the first thing we have Very to be good. in a good place financially so that we can say no. Um, my team is empowered to say no. We have a list of, of uh, criteria that drives us to know. We have a great list of referral partners that we can send them to where they're going to be a better match because I'm still mission oriented. I want to make sure they have help. I'm just not the right one to help them. And so it's about personality match. It's about them believing in branding. The first time that I, I you know, we're on a, a Zoom meeting and they're back with their arms crossed and they're rolling their eyes and they're like, tell me about this branding yeah, right. thing. Mm, I'm like, yeah. let me see how fast I can get off this call because it's not for you and that's okay. You keep doing your thing and I'm gonna keep doing my thing. The world's a big place. So you got a school, I got out of school in 1991 and, um, you know, you went to work as an assistant to Ruth Ann. Huvane. Huvane. Okay, sorry. That, that is a tongue twister for me for some reason. Um, <laughs> spent too. a couple of years there and then went off and spent a couple of years, you know, with L2 Communications. Um, you know, and then you went and spent a year um, as an executive assistant to Barry Diller, who I think many people listening to this will know who that is. Um, and then at some point, uh, you founded your company in 2001. So what was it about, you know, being an executive assistant uh, to, to people that had you say, I can, I can open up my own shop and, and do, you know, branding. <laughs> well, luckily there was, there are two agencies in between uh, Diller and starting my own spot. Cause I, I don't think that people can just wake up one day and run a successful company if they've never worked at one. I don't disagree, so I, but there are plenty of people who try. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. And, and that's a whole other conversation. No. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Uh, you know, getting out of college, uh, packing my car, moving mm -hmm. to Los Angeles, yeah. and my first job working at CAA, uh, it was an eye-opening experience. I, I bartended and waited tables at yeah. family-owned restaurants. And so all of a sudden, I'm in a big corporation, a billion-dollar business, an industry world-renowned. You know, we have people trying to bribe us to give them inside scoop. 
Um, we have Secret Service coming through and doing sweeps because we're having parties for the president. Boy. It was, yeah, yeah. right. So I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, small town Lafayette, Louisiana, to big city, in the, the 27 hours it took me to drive there. Um, that was an eye opener to I can do hard things. Um, I can outkick my coverage. I, I, I'm not limited. And so then all of a sudden, you know, I'm being recruited to leave this place and go work for a startup company um, with a, two guys who are 27 and they seem so old and wise and mature because I'm 24. I was like, you know, I look back now right, and yeah. I, I regularly yeah. think, what the hell? Why did no one say that may not be a good idea? If we only knew then what we know now, things would be different. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I live in a cave. I mean, I just, right. it's a miracle. Everything's just amazing to me. So that was awesome in terms of startup and really understanding what the startup life is like okay. and finding products and marketing them and developing opportunities, going back and grabbing a CAA client to do an exercise product that we took on Home Shopping Network and sold out, which is how I then got recruited to go work for Mr. Diller as he's buying Home Shopping Network and Ticketmaster and USA and all these other things. So now I'm working at a Fortune 50 company, uh, publicly traded. That's a whole other thing when it comes to branding and dealing with the SEC. And yeah. um, Thankfully, we still don't have social media at this point. Uh, but it was nothing to pick up the phone and it's, you know, Mrs. Nancy Reagan asking me how to do something or Madonna or so there was a level of this is not real. You know, this is not the real world. People don't talk to Nancy Reagan every day or take meetings with Madonna. Oh, right. Yeah, I, right. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's not the real world. And so when my grandmother got sick and I, I moved back to Louisiana um, and I, I was able to uh, be with her the last year of her life. Then it's like, okay, now what? Am I going to keep working at this ad agency that I'm working at in Lafayette? Am I going to go back to LA? Because the end is near. I need a new plan. And then, you know, I meet a guy. And within months, we're engaged, then married. And then wow. within weeks, we're pregnant. And um, I mean, we just sent our, our oldest off for his MBA and the youngest to check in freshman dorm for college. And so now there's this whole new chapter. And so to me, it's just about saying yes. That seems like a good idea. Sure, I'll try that. That seems like an awesome opportunity. Yes, let's do that. And I think if you say yes, you're open to what comes next. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I think, you know, that's that's the that's the operative word if you're open to saying yes, right? Because not, I mean, not everybody is. And you know, it's it's the yes that often gives you the opportunity, right? Right. You know, as I said, you founded the company about 22 years ago. What have you as a first-time founder, what were some of the mistakes that you made along the way, Jackie? The things that you were just like, oh God, what was I thinking? Or, you know, and, and when did those epiphanies come to you? And, you know, what did you do to, you know, adjust, adjust, right? It starts with um, being eight months pregnant with our second kid and my father-in-law at, at Sunday dinner saying, nobody ever gets ahead being a W-2 worker. And I said, oh, what else is there? Like, uh, isn't everybody a W-2 worker? Yeah. And three months later, I was what I felt like unemployed. Um, I had started a business because what he said made perfect sense to me. And so I would waddle in to these companies and say, I'm a media buyer. Let me buy your media. Now, this is, you know, 
uh, early 2000, you know, mm-hmm. end of 2000, beginning of 2001. So traditional media buying was, was a big need. And so every furniture store and car dealer and restaurant was just being inundated with sales reps every day. And so I could draw a moat and protect them, get them better rates, take a lot of hassle off their desk. I was unbiased. And so they saw the benefit of that. And I picked up clients like that. And so then I had to hire people. First mistake. Uh, I didn't know anything about hiring. I didn't know anything about Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. choosing. So we just picked a friend that Michael had lived with in college. Um, that was a disaster. Um, of course so then it was. I a fr- so then I picked a friend who was a salesperson at a cell phone store. Disaster. Um, there's about 10 years of those stories. You know, I, I wow. hired this friend or I hired that friend. Because what I don't know what to do. I didn't take an HR class. I didn't know. But HR is not hiring. All right. And that's a whole separate conversation that we can have later. Sure. But hire, talent strategy and human resources are two distinctly different jobs. Fact. Okay, they are. All right. I, you know, it'd be like saying to me, Carol, can you come build our HR program? No, I don't know anything about HR. And I don't know what it is about HR that they think they have the arrogance to know what I know and what I spent 30 years becoming an expert at. So, I, my question to you, though, is Jackie, why did this go on for 10 years? <laughs> Oh, well, that's a good question. Why didn't you seek help? I did. I did. I did. Um, and what we eventually started doing over time was we got a lot smarter. Um, the funny thing is the best people we have right now that have been with us for 5, 10, 12 years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are still friends. We just picked better people. We, we had a, a better criteria. We got really clear about job descriptions. We stopped hiring the first person that walked in the door. You know, and I'm, I'm gobbling up management books right and left and entrepreneurial books and um, talent acquisition books and uh, listening to, at the time it wasn't podcasts, reading articles. And what I started to learn was I knew more than I thought I did. And I really needed to do a better job of putting our process. I can't use the strategy that Tom's guy uses or the Google guy uses or the That's Amazon right. guy uses. That's right. Like, okay, this hire fast, fire fast, fail, whatever. We have a way and we just have to perfect our way because it's what works for us. And then all of a sudden we started hiring really good people and they were really good matches. And um, we also realized that we maybe went a little overboard with the benefits package early on. Um, I just thought I want a flexible schedule so everybody has a flexible schedule. I want the top of the line Blue Cross policy so everybody gets that. I want. I thought of myself as a worker for a long time and this need for fairness, not just the place where you buy cotton candy and ride on a Ferris wheel. And so it got smarter once I started realizing how to really put structure in place and set expectations and have job descriptions. And uh, we put in group interviews. So it stopped being me thinking in one meeting, oh, I'm hiring this person. We would have processed. That's group think, even though it was just you. Right, right. But now the team and the team gets to meet with them outside of me. And they get to say, listen, you work for a married couple. That's weird. Sometimes mom and dad fight. Let's talk about what that's, that's like, right. because honestly, very if, good. truly, if you've come from a family that is not loud, this Italian mm-hmm. guy, he's loud. He's happy. He's loud. He's mad. Yeah. He's loud. He's right. thinking right. he's loud. So you come from quiet. This isn't going to be a good fit. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was on my, that was on my list, which is, you know, I always get very nervous about working for, you know, yes, you are the founder, but yes, your hump, your, you know, your husband now works for the company he has for a long time. Um, you know, and 
often, you know, people are like, well, blood's thicker than water. You're going to take the side of your husband. So how does that, and, and the, the fact that you're there, that you are, you know, talking about that in interviews is super, super, super smart. And I imagine quite effective. He wishes I would take his side. He's so pissed because I never take his side. Never because why? Because he doesn't deserve to have a side taken on the things or just because you're, you know, you're just being a pain in the ass. No, he's just wrong <laughs> a lot. Um, and uh-huh. so when, when, when the brand developer is telling me, hey, the, I put a deadline on this. It was a fair deadline. It's past due. I'm getting pushed back from the creative director. I go and talk to the creative director. I'm like, bruh, this has been due for a week. The client's waiting. Don't put the, why are you taking her side? I'm like, cause she's right. Go do this project. I can't get my head around it. I'm like, well, so why is he it. still working for you? <laughs> Good question. Um, no, really? No, really? No, that's a great question. We talked about it. He is insanely talented. And in this particular example of which I'm speaking, short-staffed. So it became, oh, back to hiring. We need to put more people on the creative team. We need to do a better job of balance. And so we now have a very specific, clear plan of when we're hiring what so that every department has extra people. There's not redundancy, but a collaborative team and the ability to take overflow. And now we're back on schedule and meeting deadlines. It's a much happier place. Got it. Got it. That's great. Tell me a little bit about Jackie, about, you know, you're in a really competitive business. Um, tell me about the competitive nature of your business and what sets, you know, especially, I, I mean, specifically in your market, you know, mid-sized to large companies, what you're doing to rise above the, you know, the bloody ocean. Sure. So there's um, 74,000 ad agencies. If I knew that when we started, we might not be one. Um, right, right. But that's where my talent is. You know, it's not what I went to school for, but it's apparently what I'm pretty good at. And so we realized early on we weren't going to be very successful as a generalist, um, as mm-hmm. a trying That's to be right. all things to all people. That's right. Um, Good. And so in 2005, well, it really started in four and probably wrapped up in six. We got really smart about saying we're a branding agency. No one knows what that means. Let's develop a strategic branding process. It's called Razor Branding. It's got these four elements. This is the process that that drives us, that guides all of our work. And now we have a unique differentiator. Now we know, oh, you just need uh, a brochure. That's not what we do. We work for people that let us do a strategic brand plan. It's like you can't tell the contractor, add on a second floor in my house, I don't want a blueprint. Well, okay, how many materials do I order? So the, the companies that get what we do and allow us to do it the right way, that's a good fit. And that also is a unique differentiator. We see clients all the time who come to us because they hired this other agency, spent crazy money, more than we charge. Yeah. And it was just this meandering, oh, let's try this. Let's try that. I'm like, nobody wrote a plan. So that's how we differentiate. That's fantastic. Um, how do you find your prospects? Well, we do about three things really well. Um, the first is referral. We have a very steady stream of clients from happy clients, and that to me is the mm-hmm. smartest part. Um, the second thing is I can't talk enough about exactly how I will give you the game plan. We wrote a book that literally tells you step by step exactly how we do our job. Michael was very worried about it. 
And I said, ah, they can Google it. We're not really, you know, come on. It's all out there. But it allows people to know we're for real and we know what we're doing. And um, they can almost test drive us by reading the book. And so to me, thought leadership, podcast, um, articles, blogs, white papers, Mm -hmm, mm e-books, everything. I want to just tell you all day long what I do and show you how to do it. And then the third piece is we spend money on marketing. I'm a marketing agency. Mm -hmm. How can I not spend money on marketing? I believe in marketing. Right. And um, I I am always surprised by the 74,000 other ad agencies that want to tell their clients to spend money on advertising, but not do any advertising themselves. That's weird to me. (laughs) I can't, again, can't disagree with that. You know, um, you know, it's funny before I wrote my book, I thought, you know, somebody said, no, you could just have to tell people everything. I'm like, but, 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 but that's my intellectual property. Right. <laughs> and, and they're like, nope, you just still have to tell people because, you know, when the rubber meets the road, yes, to your point, it generates, it creates thought leadership because you're doing it in a way nobody else is. So people start to realize, well, they really, you know, know what they're talking about. Right. 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 And, and, and the reality is you can tell everybody how to do exactly where your expertise is and they still can't do it. Correct. Because, because for one thing, they're intimate, they're intimately involved in it. So they can't look at it objectively. You know, they think, you know, and, and no matter how, how much of a culture of feedback you've built, it's, you know, when the CEO or you send somebody from HR to do this, you know, go in and talk to people in the company, you may not get, you may not get straight answers from people. Oh, and when you ask your customers, you're not getting a straight answer. You know, to your point, when you, you know, you went to the back office and, and you heard all these things that the people up at the executive right. level had no idea. Right. A hundred percent. The other thing is, and this is not so much marketing for us, but on the subject of sharing your knowledge, um, I've taught seminars and workshops for years because I, I have this small amount of guilt, I guess, um, that there are smaller companies we've outgrown and yet nobody else is really helping them either. And so I thought, well, I could get 20 of them in a room and I could teach them a bunch of stuff and at least the basics because so many small companies, especially in the B2B space, um, task a secretary or an assistant or a helper or a part-time college kid to do their marketing. And those people don't know because they didn't come from this background and they haven't stayed up to date on the changes. And so I thought, okay, mm-hmm. so I, I teach these seminars and workshops and it's awesome. I mean, we we built out a gorgeous space in 19. I am booked every weekend for the next year. And then, you know, nobody wow. can be in the same room together. So I went and recorded all the classes and built Brand State U. And to me, it's another tool because the companies that come in, they either completely appreciate it, get it, need it, love it, or they realize, well, this is a lot of work. I can't do all this. Let me just hire your agency to do it for me. It's a win-win for me. There's there's no question. I mean, and, and that's what I'm thinking as I'm listening to you. I, I mean, you know, but but the going in and doing this for smaller companies, why can they not find somebody to do their marketing? I mean, as a small company myself, that's a challenge I have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's hard. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to hire you. I'm not big. You know, I'm not a $100 million company. Correct. Correct. And, and, and so when I started to accept the fact that I'm not the right fit for everybody, let me go target right. the people. Then I started to think, yeah, but there's these other people. <laughs> and so by building out these classes, now I really can help everybody. And I feel so much better about it. But that assumes somebody wants to go through the class and do it themselves. Right? So what does the person who doesn't want to do it themselves do? 
Well, so what I, I mean, find, do you have referrals that you make? I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's, it's a problem. We do. We do have referrals that I make all the time. Um, and also Good. though, it's not that in your case, for example, you want to do it, but you have someone, but you want them to do it the right way. So they take yeah. the class and now they're doing ah, it this way. Gotcha. They're not willy yeah. nilly. You don't have to worry about hiring somebody who's maybe inexperienced. They're getting the experience through the class and you're not having to do it yourself. It's a win-win. Yeah, that's fantastic. So that's a, that's a, that's certainly a really great solution. Right. You know, and, and you already talked, I think a little bit about this, but what do you see when, when clients come to you, what do you see them wasting time and money on? They love to waste money on the shiny thing. Uh, TikTok. Everybody's doing TikTok. I need to be in TikTok. Well, you are a water processing treatment facility. Why do you yeah. need to be on TikTok? Because you Good don't. Question. So stop chasing the shiny thing. Marketing has these grounded core principles from the beginning of time because people haven't changed that much. And so if you just stick to the principles and do the right things the right way, stop chasing the shiny things, you're going to get a much better result. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's just really common among human beings, sure. right? They, they see the shiny object flag by and they want to grab it. Absolutely. Everybody wants a shortcut. Ooh, what's that? Ooh. You want the shortcut and there's no shortcuts. You still have to measure twice and cut once or your building is going to be crooked. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you, you, um, Talked a little bit about, you know, the size of the company, you know, where's your sweet spot revenue wise for companies? Is it, you know, hundred million to 500 million or hundred million to a billion? It's what, where's, what's your sweet spot? to a billion, about 250 million to a billion. To a billion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it depends on the industry that changes a little, but that's the general area. Yeah, no, no, I get it. There's, there's always, it depends behind that, sure. right? When somebody comes to you for what, you know, they tried it themselves and it didn't work. They had another agency that sucked, whatever that might be, or they're looking for, you know, the first, somebody to do this for the first time or the right way or whatever that might be. Um, what do those meetings look like before they, you know, before they sign on the dotted line? What are the kind of questions that you're asking to determine, you know, one is, do we actually want to, you know, do we want to hire them right. um, to, so to work for, you know? The, yeah. the thing we, and you know, it's interesting because it's all Zoom now. We're not having very many in-person meetings. We're, nobody's really traveling for that stuff. So the chemistry meeting is not very chemistry-like. Um, we want to know who's in charge. Who are the decision makers? Are they involved in this process right now? Or are they off in another room because that's not going to work for me? They've got to be directly yeah, involved right. in I the agree. vetting of mm -hmm. us. Um, mm -hmm. We want to know, um, are you used to working with an agency? Because I don't want to teach you how to be in a relationship. I want to be your second wife or, or later uh, because I want to have a bunch of bad habits already broken. Mm -hmm. um, I want to know that you're comfortable and have a plan for investing in your growth. Don't tell me that you want to do the same thing you've always done and spend no money. And I'm supposed to turn that water into wine of growth because that's not happening. Yep. Uh, and I want to know that we've got something unique and special to talk about. Uh, because if you do the same thing everybody does and you do it in the exact same way, there's not a lot I can help you with. And so that's pretty much the first 15 minutes. I can get through all that in about five questions. And it's a conversation. I don't even think half the time they realize what they're telling me, uh, but it's a really good conversation. And if they pass that test, then we let them have a second meeting. And um, that's where we really get into the nuts and bolts of it. This is what we're going to do. And this is how it's going to work. And this is what the timeline's going to be. And, um, 
is there anybody else, you know, that you want me to say this to? Because I'll say it to the board. I'd rather not have you go say it on my behalf. Let me actually be there because I want to see their faces and give them good feedback. And then typically after the third meeting, we're hired. Um, yeah. And then it's about three to four months to put together the strategic brand plan. At that point, though, we're already fixing things. While we're working on the big plan, we're still doing some some day-to-day cleanups that need to happen, um, some spills on aisle six. Uh, and we're, so we're doing that on retainer because we don't charge hourly. We charge strictly project and retainer base. You need to know what the expense is going to be so you don't have surprises. I need to know you're willing yeah, to pay it. Yeah, I'm the same it. way. Yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, let's I just cut really to the important. chase, right? Um, yeah. And then, I, think, I think hourly is a really poor, poor way to do business. And we you know when you're doing what you're doing or myself. I'm not a lawyer yeah. and I'm not an accountant. Right, right. And so this way, we don't have to worry about the money again. I hated at a previous agency or two where we had to do the justifying of the invoice every week. Uh, that's not a dance I enjoy. No, it's like it's because it's all about billable hours. Right. And I don't want to do that. Ick. And so, no, you know what? I if I work either. faster and better, I'm rewarded. If I didn't yeah. ask good questions and get yeah. to a good answer, I am punished. Either way, it's on me. I've done this long enough. I know how long the logo should take. Let's mm-hmm. not haggle about it. This is just what it is. Yeah, I I, compl- I cannot I cannot agree more. I just you know if like I said, if you make the mistake, if I make the mistake on my end and I underestimate the amount of time this particular discovery is going to take or something, that's on me. I still got it. I'm still going to do the work. Right. I committed to doing it. Right. You know. Right. That's how Instead we feel. Coming back and say, oh, you know what? You owe me another five thousand dollars. Sorry. No. 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 You don't do that. And we're not nickel and diamond that. like that. You know, no. we're just not. It's just, it's not right. And right. that's how you get loyalty from people also, frankly, you know. A hundred percent. And so, yeah, so that's how we work. And I think that we separate ourselves from the 74,000 agencies by doing those things differently. It, it works better. Um, and the more successful we are, the more fun I get to have starting other things like Brand State U or working on Ultra or whatever. And that's, that keeps me energized. Yeah. And it's interesting. It makes me think about, you know, it, and this is, I, I mean, I think this is common among all industries, which is, you know, prospects come to you because they've had a horrible experience with somebody else in your business. And, you know, I think the 64000 or at this point, the $64 million question is, you know, how do I help people so that doesn't continue to happen? Right. I mean, I had somebody tell me yesterday, oh, yeah, I, how many I, how many coaches did you go through before you found one that was worth a shit? Right. Because it's a low barrier to entry. Oh, I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. Yeah, really? What's your training? How, how long have you been doing it? Oh, oh, so you just, you know, you lost your last job and said, oh, I'll go be a coach. No. Everybody with a Mac is a designer. Now Canva makes everybody think that. And let me just tell you, I am not a designer. I can look at something and say that looks good or that looks bad, but I can't create it. I'm the same way. It, That's so right? funny. Can't yeah. create it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you just become a self-appointed designer because you have a Mac and a Canva account, you are diminishing my entire industry and it makes me sad. Yeah. Well, I, it's the same thing in my business. It's It makes me crazy. And, and you know, I, that's where I think, I think the biggest in any industry where you're a specialist and you're, you know, if you would put yourself in that top 2% as, as I think, as I do, I think it is, you know, the challenge is how do I help other people? And it's not that, you know, you don't need everybody's business. I mean, you can't, you know, you don't have enough bandwidth to have everybody's business, but there are other really great people of those 74,000 agencies. You know, what's 2% of that, right? right? That, that, how do you help them find that 2%? 
You know, what are the questions they need to ask specifically? And it takes somebody who's an expert in their field to be able to tell somebody, these are the questions you need to ask. Yep. You know, it was interesting. I was in a meeting two days ago with a company that we pitched. Uh, it's a, a pretty large uh, regional company throughout the South, about $400 million a year. And uh, we pitched them maybe three years ago and they picked somebody else. I'd like to think we came in second. Um, and they I said, so how was that experience? You know, cause they're not working with that agency anymore. And they said, they overran our budget by a million dollars. That was like a three oh or $4 million dollar budget to begin with. And they overspent by a million. And I said, I don't, I don't understand that. How does that happen? And they said, well, they just, they kept spending. Right. How is that, how is that not in the contract? And yeah. I said, what do you mean they just kept spending? Were they not getting approvals and author, authorizations? They're like, no, everything just took longer. And I said, were y'all not reviewing and approving? I, I, I am mystified by this discussion. And they said, well, I mean, I guess ultimately we should just pick you. And I said, well, I mean, I agree. Uh, but I don't understand how this agency still operates. We were in a pitch the other day and we, we got the business. The number two agency required a six-year retainer commitment, no out clause, and every year it increased 25%, and that was it. And I said, well, you haven't even worked with them on day one yet. There's no trial. They said, no, it was either six years or nothing. I was like, well, no wonder you picked us. We have a 30-day out clause. You know, I think I think that's a really interesting point, Jackie, because- First of all, if, I mean, I, if I looked at that, I'd be like, not in a million years. But here's the thing. There are a lot of really large companies with a lot of money, and they are not paying attention to where that money is going. And they, what they don't realize is the impact on their company of pissing away more money. I mean, you know, when you've got billions of dollars, you know, what's another, what's another million? I mean, that's probably what they're thinking. I mean, well, or, I would like all maybe living in a blind us. spot. I'm not really sure. If that's how you feel and you have millions to waste, call me. So you've got about, uh, you're closing in on 25 employees. And, and that, you know, looking at it from the outside, that's not a lot of employees for a company that's been around for over two decades. Um, is it because, I mean, you don't have enough business to warrant hiring more people. You can't find the right people. Um, you're managing your growth really conservatively. What's what's there? Managing the growth conservatively. Um, really, as we've transitioned into this uh, retainer project model, uh, you have to hire us for razor branding before we'll do the rest of the work for you. We yep. were able to work a lot smarter. And so we can handle more business per person because we've raised our prices and we're, we're bringing in more revenue than ever before with less people. Uh, we, at one point we got up to 35, maybe 38 and I didn't know everybody's name and it, it didn't feel like we all hung out together mm -hmm. and it was a lot of hassle. And so this kind of lean, mean machine works really well for our vibe. That's terrific. Yeah. So uh, speaking of, you know, raising your prices, what's your financial model look like? So for us, you said you're on retainer, yeah. but I mean, is it, you know, this size project's going to cost you, you know, 50 grand and this size project, you know, what, what does that look like? We kind of have that, you know, depending on the size of the business and the number of markets, um, it's a sliding scale, razor branding anywhere from 75,000 to 500,000. And then the retainers okay. are going to be in that 7,500 to 15,000 range. Um, Got it. Usually less than most of the competition we're pitching against. I don't want to be the cheapest. I want to be like a Honda 
I kind of want to be the solid middle choice. Um, So not a Kia, not a Mercedes. Um, And so for us, it's really been about this nice, steady growth. We'll pick up one to two clients every month to two months. And that feels good to us. It gives us enough time for onboarding. Um, We don't feel like our hair's on fire. Uh, It's a good process. And so slow and steady is going to win the race, we think. Well, and, and not only that, Jackie, you know, the fact that, you know, you are privately held uh, bootstrap company, you know, you don't have any outside investors that say, sorry, you got to grow, you know, 50% this year. Right, right. I you like that. 100% this year, whatever that is. Yeah, is. I'm not accountable to anybody. Yeah. We've built a business that's, that's right. got a lot of value yeah. and eventually we'll sell, I think, um, and then I'll retire. Well, you are accountable to people. You're accountable to those 25 employees, actually. Yes. And, you know, when we look at the amount we've raised pay in the past three years, um, they are all making 50% more. And I'd rather do that than just hire more people. Um, yeah, well, right. And and like I said, it's different for every company and, and not everybody needs to, you know, be Amazon. Right. Right. You know, because the reality is only the people at the top are making all the money. Right. Right. For up until this year, this will be the first year, I think, when we don't have employees who've made more than us. And only because we finally gave ourselves a raise. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's fantastic. Right. Um, so, so, you know, we talked about the first 10 years and the challenges you had hiring. If you look at, you know, since you got your act together around that, what would you say, you know, if you look at, you know, X percentage of our hires are now, let's just use the worm, good hires. Right. What percentage is that? I think we're up to about 80% now. Um, I think okay. that so we've done a little a, room to improve. Oh, for sure. And there mm-hmm. always will be because it's a creative business mm-hmm. and it's, it's yeah. one thing to measure their, um, their work product. Mm-hmm. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden we get it in there and they've never created that same work again. And we're like, oh, you had a lot of help on this. Okay. So now mm-hmm. we put test paid test projects in place. So we're going to pay you to do this test project by yourself. And then, yeah, does it match the quality of, of talent, what we need? Um, we've also put in a really nice uh, system. We, we partner with about 10 universities uh, to send us, and I say send, most of them are virtual, interns. Yep. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And you get through that gauntlet and you do a good job. You're eligible for part-time while you're still in school. You do well with Mm -hmm. that. We hire you full-time after school. Um, And so that's a process that we've really evolved over time and gotten smarter about. That pipeline is super smart to do. Huge. It's, and it's, it's been so great. So, you know, half our staff right now, it takes time to build that pipeline. It does. And it's always being imperfected and improved. It's not great yet, but we're getting there. That's, that's really fantastic. So where would you say things have been heading in your space over the last, you know, X number of years have, you know, have there been changes in the space overall? There haven't been, people are still kind of doing things the same way. Well, you know, I think that if you look at just the last half of our history, social media was invented and that through the entire industry. And that's like the invention of television. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been a lot of adapting to everybody needs to do it. No, 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 no. No one should do it. No, 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 no. Uh, and so it's, it's constantly educating our clients on how to use the tools. There's a lot of tactics out there that are not all right for you. So let's be real targeted and specific on the right things. Uh, and so I think that we've really taken a very aggressive approach on ourselves. We are our own guinea pig. 
I want to do this, this test of a, a, a new web technology. Great. Let's see how it works for us. If it works well for us, we'll roll it out to the clients where it makes sense. A uh, new social media platform makes sense for us. Great. Um, and so that's kind of how we do it. And I think that little test bed has been a great opportunity for us to um, pre-test things and not waste our clients' money on shiny things. Yeah, that's fantastic. Is there any outdated advice uh, in your industry that's being disseminated, would you say? Oh, that's a great question that I have done a million of these and no one has ever asked me. Um, let me think about that for a second. Outdated advice. Oh, for sure. I still still see people recommending TV and radio to businesses where it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever in wow. any way, any way. And look, there's business. We have some clients on traditional because it makes sense for them. It's where they belong. Um, I see people who think social media is a fad and they are waiting for it to go away. We have, we have ad agencies <laughs> that, in our that market <laughs> that refuse to start LinkedIn and Facebook pages because that social media thing, it's, it's on its way out. Um, yeah, not, not happening. Bad advice. <sighs> oh, you must spend, insert percentage here, of your revenue on advertising. Um, I, I disagree. Let's be smarter about it. Let's look at what's worked. Uh, let's look at what we're going to spend in effort versus what we're going to spend in revenue uh, because it, it's not always so simple as you're in finance, therefore you have to spend 8%. I don't like that table. Um, those are the big ones. Right. It's, it's the, you know, it's the, the answer is people will ask me a question and my response is often, it depends. Correct. Depends. Correct. You know, I mean, I get, I, and I, you know, I perpetually bitch about this, that the amount of spam I get on, on LinkedIn mm. and by email, mostly on LinkedIn by people pitching me. We work with companies like yours. Oh, that just chaps my ass when people say stuff like that. First of all, that's not how to sell. Okay. And what all they're doing is direct marketing, right? If they, if they could land 1%, they're successful. Right. But you know, that kind of spam, I don't know who's buying into that spam. Um, and you know, my response when I respond and don't just delete it immediately is, oh, really companies like mine, like, can you be more specific? Right. You know, they can't really can't answer the question that because what that does, it forces them to actually look at what I actually do. Um, and of course I never hire any of them because I know it's spam, but you know, and, and most of the time they don't even respond. Right. So, so I, I just, I mean, I, I don't know if consumers are just that ignorant or they're just hoping they find the few ignorant people that there are that are going to buy into that bullshit and, and, you know, right. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. You know, it's interesting to me when, when you say that one of my favorites, um, is, when I see agencies uh, promoting the awards that they've won. And I'm like, how did that benefit your clients that you won this yeah, insert right. name of award here? Um, yep, or yep, the fact yep. that you're on the ink list of fastest growing. Um, if I was your client, mm. I'd be super pissed. We stopped entering all award shows in like 2010. And so really? those are sitting on a shelf gathering dust and there's no more space. So there's no more awards. Um, and I just, I always think to me, if my client grows, that's the reward. We that's grow, the, everybody that, wins. I completely agree. That's right. That's and, the difference you're making. Right. And so that's what matters. I can go to sleep really well at night uh, because I know that I've helped them get bigger and better uh, and not because I picked up some plastic and metal and put it up on a shelf. How do you define your culture, Jackie? 
Um, you know, we are in this um, interesting hodgepodge of cultures. When I look at the true technical definitions of the different kind of culture you could have, you know, we're family owned and operated. So we've got that baggage. Um, I am super aggressive. Uh, so we've got that baggage. I never met an entrepreneurial opportunity. Once I realized that I didn't want to be a W-2 worker and once I learned what that meant, now I'm like, yeah, let's try this. Let's try that. The, the businesses that we have started, uh, helped our clients start, um, tested just to see how it works because a client might need it one day. My office will tell you every time I walk in and I'm like, hey, let's try this. They just are like, you've got to be kidding me. So we've got a lot of different things kind of all pulling at us. I think that our culture is defined by how we talk about the employees that we are and that we want to hire. Mm-hmm. We are humble. Um, we are happy. And we are, at the, at the end of the day, hardworking. And so mm-hmm. those are the things that matter most to us. And so um, I think that everybody on the team has bought into that. Yeah, that's terrific. What's your day-to-day look like as a leader? Uh, about 17 Zooms. <laughs> that's my record right now. Wow. Average, <laughs> average. I'm, I'm going to do about two right. or three um, prospect meetings a week. I'm going to do one or two interviews. I'm going to work on a new course because uh, I try to put out one or two new courses in Brand State U. I'm going to uh, teach a class for a local incubator. I'm going to have some daily contact with the four kids who are all in various colleges right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hopefully grab a meal uh, with my husband. And um, I have a really strong group of girlfriends from college, uh, which I appreciate was 30 years ago, but we do still stay in touch. Mm-hmm. We had dinner together last night, actually, uh, 10 of us. And mm-hmm. so there'll mm-hmm. be some shenanigans with them. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Uh, is there anything else that you do in your free time? I read a lot. I, I like to float in a circle is what I call anytime I can put myself into a lazy river or uh, we have a pool. And so anytime I can just float in a circle, I am so happy. Um, we're about five hours from the Gulf Coast, which is probably top five be- most beautiful beaches in the world. So I get there a couple times a year. I like to travel. Um, my September is on the road for clients. I think everybody's over this, like everything has to be Zoom, nothing in person. Oh, yeah. I'll be I, in yeah, I got no, yeah. Chicago, Pennsylvania, DC, London, um, and Austin, all within about six weeks yeah. of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and listen, I love to travel. I also love to be at my home. So I think, you know, I think, and it may be the same for you, it's a, it's a matter of managing your travel so you're not like so burned out on it that you don't ever want to do it again but you still enjoy doing it. Right. Exactly. Well, and I also, I was just gonna say, I'm, I'm super competitive. And if Delta's going to dangle, um, Hey, just a few more flights and you're going to be a diamond or whatever. I'm yeah, in, you're I'm going book for, a flight it, yeah. for nothing. I'm a fly to Seattle, have lunch and fly home because I could get an extra bump up upgrade. I, they know how to yank my chain. Delta and Marriott are like the puppeteers and I'm at the end of their string. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Fantastic. So, um, are there any questions I haven't asked you? Oh my gosh, I think you've covered them all. You were asking me about, you know, what what do I not want to talk about? I was waiting for some deep dirt you had dug up on me, but no. these were all delightful. No, well, you know, listen, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to um, embarrass or make anybody feel crappy, but you know, I also want to know. 
you know, I, I mean, most people are open to talking about, you know, the hard questions. And, you know, some of the hard questions are really, you know, about your failures and what you've done. You know, I mean, this is a this is a podcast about, you know, for entrepreneurs. Right. 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 And leaders. And, you know, we learn from each other. Absolutely. And we learn from you know, our mistakes, right? I mean, you know, what do they, you know, say the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That's right. It's about connection. And so I love these opportunities because I learn from you and the others uh, that I listen to and read. And I like knowing I'm not the only one, you know, I think everybody during COVID days was like, oh, we're all in the same boat. And my favorite thing was, no, 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 we're all in the same storm, but everybody's Mm -hmm. in a different boat. And Correct. that really stuck with me because it's true. Some boats are really small and some boats are yachts. And um, so I, I like seeing what everybody else's boat looks like. Yeah. It, it, I think that's a really great point. Um, so Jackie, I always end the show with, um, you know, if somebody listening to this, once it, once it goes live, if somebody listening to this, you know, loves your story and thinks this is the kind of company I'd like to, you know, investigate working for, what should they do? Uh, well, they can go to an email, Jackie at brandrusso.com. Every single spelling of the word Jackie will get to me. I have a lot of aliases. Oh, that's really um, funny, but it's actually J-A-C-I. It is. It is. But you know, I, you can call me JC. You can spell a J-A-C-K-I-E. If your check cashes at the bank, we are good. Um, <laughs> they can go to the website, brandrusso.com and check that out and see if they think I'm full of shit or not. And, um, and then we can kind of go from there. Well, uh, there's nothing, I don't need to put any point on that. So Jackie Russo, founder and CEO of Brand Russo, thanks for your time today. This was a really fun conversation. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.